0: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy
2: Tuesday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, of course, your host, Andy Goldstein, and a good old podcast coming your way. In fact, we begin with uh, well, my show, Andy Goldstein's Sports by Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Looking back at last night's football in the Premier League as Fulham surprised everyone with a win against Leicester and Aston Villa took on the Hammers of course I can't tell you what the score was in that one because as I'm speaking to you now it's currently West Ham to Aston Villa 1 with 20 minutes to go so who knows what happened West Ham 2 Aston Villa 2 and Ollie Watkins who missed the penalty about 10 minutes ago that Villa were awarded has just put the ball in the back of the net for their equaliser they are checking on VAR the goal ruled out VAR as it normally does looks to rule goals out rather than give
3: us a spectacle if he's offside he's offside yeah red line not a problem you can't be offside from a part of your body that can't put the ball in the back of the net and the only reason that part of the body is out there is because you're getting fouled so it's either a goal or a penalty but I'm not the lawmakers that's Uh, that's the officials and you know, um, Stockley Park comes up with that decision. Mockley Park, I call it. And (laughs) Oliver, I partly blame you. Um, On Twitter at the weekend, you're saying I'm sick of people going on about things being offside by an inch or so. I am am sick of it. You either use (laughs) the
2: technology or you don't use it. Maybe In that case, I could... I I agree with you. Where do you you draw the line?
3: i tell you what you do. You're in VAR, Stockley Park. You say, right, he is a millimetre offside by a player who is 25 yards away, and then you give the penalty for the whole by Bonnet on Watkins, who did didn't go down because he knew he was going to score um, absolutely ridiculous and the game these are vampires sucking the life from the game
2: VAR with more lines drawn across the page than Tony Hart ever did with Morph uh, that's for those who remember take heart from uh, back in the 70s this
4: VAR I think it's just Ruining the beautiful game.
1: The beautiful game
4: isn't perfect. They're making the game too soft and too pinnacle. Football's not
1: meant to be perfect. It's about that that moment.
0: It'll happen to us in a couple of games time where we'll get a decision, someone will score against us, and it is what it is. But the only thing is what I want to say is it's making me fall out of love with football, to be honest with you. Is it,
1: Anton? I mean people say that. I when you say fall out of love, tell us what that actually means.
0: We scored the goal. I was jumping up and down across my living room. The neighbours must be thinking Villa have scored again. But then you think, hang on a minute, it's taken that excitement away. That's it's a fun. It's, f- it's a.
1: It's a fun. F- it thieves moments that fans. We we go to football for to celebrate, you know. It, it, it's such yeah. a different feeling, you know. I'd celebrate the goal yesterday when it looked like Timo Werner had put Chelsea and I And it takes and it's it is a it's a fun thief.
2: West Ham win again, move above City and Villa in the table. Finished here, West Ham two, Aston Villa one.
3: Doesn't feel like that tonight, but that also tells you what I'm the standards I'm setting and what I want from the players. And it also is telling you that you know we're we're thrilled to be there, but. Uh, Know, we're going to have to play a lot better they were excellent again tonight Aston Villa, I've got to say that so but a team that would have beaten Liverpool well and have beaten Arsenal and uh, how well they've played away from home I'm really pleased that we picked up all three points right-footed strikes it and scores right in the top corner that's a perfect penalty from Ivan Cavallaro. Finally, Fulham get it right from 12 yards and they're now two goals up in the East Midlands. It
1: very much epitomised Scott Parker as a person and as a player was his team went out and played almost like him. Had that real grit and determination to not be beaten, to be organised, to stick to their
5: task um, at whatever cost
1: and it really, really showed that they're fighting for the manager.
3: There seemed to be a lot of discipline that there. I'm looking in particular at like Bobby Deckard over Reed's mm. job helping out Ola on the right. Hand side. That into to be the watchword tonight. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah, so good. Yeah, spot on. I mean, Bobby Reed. He had to sacrifice a lot of his game tonight, Bobby Reed, for what we asked him to do—to go back and track back with one of their, their wing backs. And on the flip side of that, has got enough energy at times when we've not got the balls, disciplined enough to then win us a penalty. So, um, you know, not just Bobby Cavalero, it, everyone to be honest with you, to, to a man tonight, a real disciplined performance. And we earn our luck at times. And and uh, yeah, it was good. Harvey Barnes got one back late in the piece for Leicester but they couldn't find the equaliser the Foxes
1: we all know what the the schedule was going to be of course it's tough it's challenging but uh, we're enjoying it we've got a lot of games it's an opportunity for me to to use the whole squad uh, and up until this point really it's 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 worked well for us this is the Premier League you know if you're not on it against whatever team wherever they sit in the league then uh, you're not going to get the result
2: Now, Wolves' Royal Jimenez had surgery on a fractured skull following a horrific head clash with Arsenal's David Luiz on Sunday. You'll hear from Troy Deeney, Simon Jordan, Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp, as well as drives Darren Goff on the need for concussion substitutions in football. But first, this is the former Hull City midfielder Ryan Mason, who, of course, retired after suffering a similar injury. He said he's saddened that nothing has changed since his career ended.
0: i'm very sensitive
4: and i'm quite passionate about this subject i've spoke to many people in the last three years nothing's happened nothing's changed and i hope that this incident makes people stand up and realize because you can't keep having the same perception of certain types of challenges and dealing with these types of challenges in the same way when people's immediate health is in danger and then not only that the long-term health is in danger as well
1: i was a player myself i had uh... A few different injuries in my life and, um, and, and and these kind of things. So if the player feels completely fine, the concussion protocol is fulfilled, then I think he would have played on anyway. But yes, it makes sense that we can do things like this, of course.
6: How many things are already being taken away from the players? You're already told how much you can run, how much you can't, sports scientists. At some point, there has to be an element of trust between player and doctor, you do have all the protocols in place.
4: Remember, I took a catch at Lords against the West Indies, and I had a real bad bang on my neck and head, and I went totally dizzy. I caught, I think it was Keith Arthurton off uh, Angus Fraser, and everybody was saying what a great catch and all that, and I didn't know what date was, and I carried on playing. When we went off the field, I had to go and be checked, and went to hospital because I I, I was all over the shop. I didn't know what date was, but I stayed out there. I, he just didn't think about even going off at, at that mm. point. Because I'm a player, I'm playing for England, I just took a great catch, everybody congratulating me, and I'm, all I'm seeing is, you know what I mean, everything. Dicky Bird's up in the sky, wherever mm. it is. And and the carry-on, I was like, oh, come here, I'll, I'll get better in a minute, it will go better. But I still didn't, I felt sick later on, and then that's when I ended got checked properly. But that's, I say, take it away from the player. Nowhere near the manager, nowhere near his teammates, he has to be in a quiet room, as you said, away from the adrenaline of a football game because that's what the player lives for that adrenaline of a football match or a cricket match or a rugby game get them out of there and then make a sensible decision.
5: I think if you're going to move into this territory, the moment a head injury comes and a player has to go off, you're going to have to move to the fact that it's an automatic substitution. The challenges with the game, like everything in this game, are the waters get muddied. When players go down on a pitch, it was for head injuries. Now the game gets stopped for every single instance because every time a player goes down, there's an expectation that the game should be stopped. In this instance, if you allow it to be ambiguous, a head injury comes into play, whatever that head injury that takes him off the pitch, unfortunately, that's a substitution. And
2: after Arsenal were beaten by Wolves, Troy Deeney spoke about the worrying form of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. You'll also hear from the former gunner, Perry Groves. But would you believe it, Adrian Durham had to have his say about Mikel Arteta on drive and Arsenal's recent slump.
1: There are some quality players there that are not doing the business at all. There's some very overrated players there as well. But if I say that Aubameyang uh, hasn't scored from open play in nine Premier League games, that tells you all you need to know. It is Arteta's problem. He's getting away with it. A lot of people just seem to like the look of him, or like the fact he's worked with Pep, or like the sound of his interviews, or like how he's dealt with Urzel. Like that's a, a positive, having such a talented player out of the team and out of the picture when they can't create a single thing. Does he know his best team? what is his philosophy does anybody know that because there doesn't seem to be any identity on this arsenal side is he trying to be too clever should he go 442
3: i had us challenging for the top 4 i thought because of the season and the way it's going to pan out and there's a lot of inconsistencies i think arteta is under pressure for us to be challenging at least for the top 4 this season he
1: might
0: go alone he goes alone and scores and has scored once in each half
6: is he showing the, the the willingness to go and score a goal and the answer to that at the moment i'd say no He's doing that thing, do You know, as strikers, when you go for a bad patch, we start like coming back a bit yeah. more. He's yeah. doing that at the moment. I've seen him coming away from the goal. So, so when you're in a great vein of form, so let me just elaborate on that. You'll always find yourself without knowing, you'll just be in the six yard box all the time because you're going, there'll be a chance here, there'll be a chance, and the ball starts dropping. When you go through a little drought, you naturally start like coming away from the goal.
0: Why'd you do that?
6: Lack of confidence. Don't want to miss that chance more than... Your head starts going, if I get one, I'll actually miss it because I haven't scored in so long.
2: Once again, Jurgen Klopp, surprise, surprise, has clashed with the reporter over the scheduling of matches in the Premier League. This time, the Reds manager jarred, interesting word, with BT's Des Kelly. Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan and Danny Murphy, had their say, as well as the boys on press box with Danny Kelly, Sean Custers and Oli Holt. You do have a squad of 25 players You might not be able to play your best team all the time But presumably those 25 players are good enough to play Premier League football Otherwise you wouldn't be in your 25 man squad So I'm afraid you're just going to have to mix and match You can't play all the same players all the time Playing at 12.30 to me compared to 3 o'clock or 5.30 make no difference We used to play half 11 against Leeds in the morning after
5: a Champions League game
3: I don't hear players whinging about it
5: The economics of the game are unfortunately dependent upon the broadcasters whether you like it or you don't, a a silly, churlish response to Des Curley about... Congratulations opened up a set of conversations that discredited Jürgen because that's the first time I've ever seen him realise in the middle of an interview, and he did realise in the middle of that interview, jeez, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sounding a bit stupid. Yeah, the Wednesday, Saturday, 23rd, it's really, really dangerous for the players.
3: I'm sorry, if you sign the deal, and Liverpool are one of the clubs who signed the deal, one of the 20 clubs who signed the deal, you have to dance to the broadcaster's tune. You can't just... You can't suddenly decide you don't like it anymore and, and, and you don't, you know, you want them to take um, a lesser game instead.
2: Now Manchester United's Edison Cavani has apologised for a deleted social media post containing a Spanish phrase that is offensive in some context, with the FA currently reviewing what was said. Simon Jordan compared the issue to Luis Suarez's eight-game ban in 2011 after an incident involving Patrice Evra. The former QPR defender Anton Ferdinand and Troy Deeney both called for the Uruguayan to be educated about the issue.
6: It's never right, no matter which way you look at it. I just think when you write a message out, it's considered nine times out of ten, you'll proofread it before putting it out there because you don't want to make yourself look an idiot. And at no point in the psychological did you go, that's not right. That's what just worries me a little bit. He's probably acted in, in a moment of happiness, obviously scoring, and that's why I don't take it as it, he's meant offence by, he just hasn't understood the ramifications of his words. So I do, I do think at times three games isn't enough because it's got to be three games with a form of education, in my opinion.
5: This is a prime example where Cravani is a product of his environment and to him that don't deemed offensive but in our country and where we are it, it, it is so the education definitely is, it needs to be imposed but that, that's that got to come from the club that he's at and the dress room that that he's in culturally he will have had a, have had a different set of experiences But but by the very nature of me trying to explain it doesn't mean that I'm accepting it or suggesting that it's appropriate. I'm suggesting there's an explanation behind it because ultimately the the context of how Suarez used it was in anger, was in confrontation, not in acceptance of congratulations, which is what um, Edison Cavani is responding to there is an element of you know you have to adapt to the climate that you live in you have to adapt to the environment you live in you have to be progressive in your thinking it's no coincidence that both of these two instances have come with uruguayan players that come from a south american background obviously and have a certain perspective <laughs>
2: Now Celtic supporters descended on Parkhead around full time, ending in ugly scenes as the club fell to another defeat, this time against Ross County at the weekend. We'll hear from the former hoop striker John Hartson, ex-Rangers manager Ali McCoist, that's worth a listen as well. But first up, celebrity Celtic fan Sir Rod Stewart, who slammed the minority that have shamed his club.
4: I'm heartbroken and, and disgusted in all my years of supporting the Celts. I've never seen anything like that. Missiles being thrown at the players. It's, uh, it's shameful, it makes the club look so irresponsible.
5: They were an absolute embarrassment to Celtic Football Club and the thousands and thousands of great and good Celtic supporters that are across the world. They must have been looking absolutely cringing in that part. I couldn't believe the arrogance. Who do they think they are? Celtic went on a domestic run with they one 9 10, 11 trophies in a row and they get knocked out one domestic trophy and they react like that?
6: The fans are
4: annoyed because they want to see a change. And, and I just believe that Neil, having been over the course many, many times before, if the form continues to be bad and they continue to lose games, big games, and they fall further behind, not only will Saldig to make a decision on his future, but I actually think that Neil Lennon himself
2: will
5: actually walk.
2: Now, Daniel Dubois suffered a broken orbital bone. That sounds horrific and nerve damage around his left eye during his stoppage defeat to Joe Joyce at the weekend. The former cruiserweight champion, Johnny Nelson, spoke about how he can bounce back, but first this is promoter Frank Warren defending him after some former fighters have criticised Dubois for supposedly quitting...
4: What do you got to do? You know, you're a boxer, you're getting caught half-blind because his eye is completely closed. We well, want to see him lose his sight? I don't quite agree that he quit. And if that's people's opinion, then he's obviously got to prove in the future that's not the case when he comes back. It is what it is. He's, he'll be out for a while till that heals and then obviously he comes back. Good
3: stiff jab and he just dabs at the eye and Dubois goes down to a knee. He's gone down to a knee. He dabbed at that eye before he went down to a knee. he's going to get counted.
4: He's absolutely extraordinary! He's got to do a lot of soul-searching. He's got to have a good mentor, someone that can talk to him, someone that can talk him through the history of our sport, talk him, let him understand that he's got to be strong enough to ignore the, the praises and the grumbles of the public and, and, and focus on yourself, because this will not just affect his career. This will affect him on a personal level, because remember, when he's not boxing, he's walking to the supermarket or whatever, somebody recognising, oh, you're that Danny Loupar. Oh, you're quitting that fight. You know, These are, these are things he's got to balance out in his head.
2: Now over to Hawksby and Jacobs. No Andy Jacobs. So Paul Hawksby had a competition winner alongside him in Max Rushton. They were discussing the scent of Simon Jordan. Mm, that's what competition winners bring to the table, I imagine.
1: Simon Jordan, and I'm, you may have mentioned this before. Oh, yeah. he leaves quite the aroma, doesn't it's, he? He's quite fragrant. He's is, very he? fragrant, and I, I'm, I'm not really an aftershave type yeah. of guy. I use deodorant, you'll be pleased to know, yeah. Paul. Um, that's, but, yeah, it's quite extraordinary. It's sort of, it's it's ebbing away now, mm. but for the first sort of few minutes.
3: It's nice, isn't it? It's, it's not it's not from the super drunk bargain bin either. It's, I, don't I mean believe it's, it is. You wouldn't get much change out of 200 quid a bottle, well, I wouldn't think. I remember, so, um, by osmosis, I mean, you are smelling... You're, you'll go Im- home, <laughs> you'll go home tonight and the missus will go, wow, you smell nice. But this
1: is the most expensive I've ever smelled. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> getting cool. getting Simon Jordan... What's the s- most expensive? <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, no, we're not going to bother <laughs> with that I did once do, you know... Uh, footballers, you've smelled. I think it was after yeah. Ryan Shawcross when said that Diego Costa was smelling. You know, during a, after an altercation, sort of held his nose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember someone texting in saying I was I was at a bus- I was going to a business meeting in, in Milan. And I was sat in a cafe and Alessandro Del Piero came in and his aftershave was so strong, I got a migraine.
3: <laughs> I had to miss the <laughs> meeting. Drifting in and out of consciousness. <laughs> I uh, There's uh, an old, I've, I've mentioned this before, but David Platt said that uh, after the third place playoff game at Italia 90, mm-hmm. he swapped shirts with um, Franco Beresi. And of course, it had gone to penalties. It had been quite a long game, this. He swapped shirts with Franco Beresi and, and, and Beresi's shirt still smelt of aramis.
1: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) in the Italian heat after a full game of football. It's It's great, and it can still
3: smell, there's just a hint of aramis about it.
2: Well, that's it for another podcasting thing. Let me remind you about lots and lots of sport coming up. Firstly, at 3pm live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. You can follow ball-by-ball commentary of South Africa against England at Cape Town. That's followed at 7.45, staying on TalkSport 2. Live and exclusive championship commentary of QPR against Bristol City. And if you want to hear Champions League football, you can. You can hear Man City there away at Porto. That's live at 8pm on TalkSport. That's it. I won't be back on the Sports Bar at 10pm tonight. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm off to Sky Sports where I'll be doing Moscone Cup stuff. So there'll be someone sitting in my seat. Obviously, nowhere near as good as me. Anyway, all you need to know is the Sports Bar returns at 10pm tonight for more the same. In the meantime, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe.
1: That was a podcast from Talk Sport.